Hello and welcome to installing blinds with Gridcoin. Today is July 2nd uh, and we will be installing blinds. If you've been following the series, we've been cooking soup and making some stock. <laughs> uh, I forget what we did last week, but I think it was pretty fun. This is the In Between Seasons episode series where we just kind of shoot the shit. Uh, I think today we're going to be talking about what Foxy did last night to get so drunk that she's still half drunk. And we'll also be talking about the Psyduck <laughs> whitelisting poll and some whitelisting thoughts. And we already have the answer to the first half. Foxy had three beers, two ciders, and one vodka juice. Now the real question here is, was the juice oak milk? Those of you who, who listen to the Boink Radio podcast know what the fuck I'm talking about. And her response is, I'm not Australian. Damn straight you're not Australian. Well played. All right, in terms of news this week, um, just keeping you to the ground for when I finally get these all uploaded because they'll all go up at once. It'll be very funny because we'll just be making soups and putting up hardware together. And then once those are uploaded, we're going to restart uh, a new season with uh, some more themed episodes uh, declared before the episode starts recording, you know, like a what is grid coin, what is magnitude, um, what is side staking, all that stuff. We'll be getting back into it as more people continue unity. Till then, have some fun, guys. Uh, otherwise, the sexy update with the UI is still under development. Uh, it should be pretty sexy, as the name might allude to. So for chocolate, as the name might preclude. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, keep going with that. Follow the GitHub if you want to follow uh, development there or join Slack and development. I did get a PM from a developer uh, the other day. I'll remind any developer listening the best way to get involved with Gridcoin development is either just jump right on the GitHub and make a PR, talk to people there, make an issue, talk to people there. The core devs are, we're, we're one of the most heavily developed coins in this space. So if you make an issue or whatever, you will be get a response, even if it's a stupid issue. Someone will say, this is a stupid issue, and close it. But that's very unlikely to happen. <laughs> uh, otherwise, get on Slack and join the development channel. That's where most of the development chatter happens. Uh, other news, the Sidoc poll ended uh, in the affirmative, and Sidoc is whitelisted. We have one anecdote that says... They got a lot of computation cycles right after the whitelisting. And you know what? I'm not even going to look it up because I believe it. Because that's generally what happens when a project gets whitelisted. If you happen to be a Boink project listening to this and you want to get whitelisted, feel free to jump on the Discord um, or tweet at Gridcoin Network. And we'll get a discussion going on whether or not we can whitelist you. There are some requirements, including like credit security, the way you distribute credits, and uh, project stability and infrastructure so if you don't have what we need we'll let you know and hopefully we can help you get it sorted out uh, so you can't get whitelisted because like i said we give you a whole buttload of processing power it's kind of ridiculous how much processing power is in gridcoin um yeah uh other news i think that's it we'll talk a little more about whitelisting in a bit but now to the chat um did the green list projects go anywhere agent p did put together version two of the green list uh it takes away some of the stuff that i really like about version one so i don't know if i can support it but i also haven't looked into it more i think a lot of the retractions were just because of technical feasibility of the implementation of some of the harder stuff um but we will i'm sure we'll be having more discussions about that in the future um 
particularly as we jump into season four. Um, so that's that. You can check. I, I think the green list is on GitHub. Yeah, the Nether Star says green listing is definitely a really good concept. It is a good concept. The concept of having for-profit companies pay to access our network is great, but there's technical hurdles. Um, right. So the core of Gridcoin is getting foundational science, getting the science that's necessary for the for-profit companies to exist, getting that foundational science done. And it's very because the only way to really get that science done is through uh, collective um, budgeting or taxes or government uh, because there's really no profit motive behind like walking into a stream and looking at fish for a while even though that's really how genetics kind of jump started um, it was a little more complicated but you get the point uh, so as long as we don't take away the ability to or really the the driving factor of gridcoin which is to support that foundational science making an avenue where for-profit corporations can access our processing power in order to get their product done, their translational product done, uh, would be awesome. But again, we have to make sure the foundational science gets done. Because what happens when, you know, all of a sudden all the products are made and there's no new prime number, or there's no new um, cancer marker to fall back on and look at to produce another product, right? You got to make sure you get the, found the, the exploration done and not just the product production. Um, and that was what I found really cool about Green Paper version one, was there were ways we could throttle the potential for a for-profit corporation to monopolize the processing power on the Gridcoin network. I'm not sure if that's still there with Green Paper version two, right? The threat is that a entity with lots of money will be able to buy all the processing power on the network, thereby taking processing power away from any foundational project simply because this sexy rich project is trying to cure balding and they're willing to pay $10 billion for curing balding because they're going to make $11 billion. All right. So <laughs> you're joking, but you're not wrong. So Rajan says, make the companies fight each other and then take a money bath. That's kind of the way you do it. You inject competition into the system. You make a marketplace. And if you make a, um, uh, essentially what I guess could be equated to a minimum wage for foundational projects, then the companies can fight each other for the rest. But as long as those foundation, that foundation research gets at least X LBs or <laughs> sorry, wrong coin, at least X GRC, um, then you're good. The foundational science will persist. That's exactly what taxes are. That's exactly what NSF is and NIH. They're just the bare minimum. Um, that universities and researchers can access. But as soon as a researcher or university is like, oh, we can make a product of this, out of this, we can turn the research of this virus into a cure for it, uh, they're going to get NSF grant plus a corporation coming in and paying them to develop it and the corporation gets the rights there or there's it's complicated the avenues they can go through but that's basically it um and another star you're right the process the the goal would be to make getting computation cycles from gridcoin uh cheaper than buying those computation cycles elsewhere and really that's what boink is that's boink gridcoin adds the economic layer on top of boink so we'll see what happens it would definitely be cheap like boink is the cheapest avenue for companies to get computer cycles it's just uh most people don't know about boink 
and also there are some technical hurdles there as well like with the um, trade secrets and whatnot uh, there's some security issues with boink that users don't have to worry about but a company trying to get a product out there might need to worry about um, excellent use of futurama i fully endorse that use of futurama oil fights uh, but yeah so that's that that's the green paper i think it's a good idea it remains to be seen how it would be implemented in a way that secures Gridcoin's foundational values. Um, that said, whitelisting was brought up before we started the discussion because Psydoc is whitelisted. Uh, so what's next with the whitelisting? Someone mentioned, I think it was Foxy, that we should uh, continue to look into going back and whitelisting all the currently whitelisted projects, like revoting them, repolling them. And the whole point there is to force the community to have a discussion about the validity uh, of the project and the value of the science the project does. An example of why this is important, there's two examples here. The validity of the project, let's start with there. Um, LHC at home, so let's start with the history actually. This is, so all uh, most of the whitelisted projects are just legacy projects that were added to the whitelist way back when, like when Gridcoin started essentially. Uh, the newer ones have gone through the whitelisting process, but most of them are just there uh, because they were there when we started. The and we have just you know LHC at home is an example of one of these projects, one of these legacy projects that turns out their credit system was cheatable this whole time. Uh, so we just found like this was just brought to our attention and we had to remove LHC at home from the whitelist. Uh, so it would be wise to go through all the other projects, re-poll them because what happens when there's a poll is people look at the project a little more in depth. Uh, it might be like oh wait this doesn't make sense technically this project is doing something that really is manipulatable or manip manipulatable it ain't right shenanigans they might call shenanigans <laughs> so, so that's the validity reason to going back to all the projects and whitelisting the value reason an example there might be like colas conjecture one of the projects that uh, is a legacy project just there because it was one of the projects when Gridcoin really started. Uh, and I am pretty sure there would be a pretty intense debate on the value of that project. Um, so maybe that project would end up not being whitelisted because our network decides that trying to disprove the Colas conjecture at this point is a little silly. Um, and we wouldn't see it as adding value to our network. So really we'd just be cleaning up, it'd be a spring cleaning, so to speak of all the whitelist projects. I think it's a great idea. I think the whitelisting committee should do it. Are there any other thoughts on going back and looking at all the currently whitelisted projects that have never been polled and polling them all one at a time? Another additional benefit to this is if we do it one at a time, it's gonna take a very long time, but it will create very lively discussion among both the Boink community and the Gridcoin community and the larger crypto community around what is this Gridcoin? What are they doing? They're just talking about all these science projects and incentivizing them, right? We can use it as marketing. So that's a third benefit to taking basically a year probably to pull all these projects. Pause for any thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I have a couple of things to say about that. I, I'm not sure whether it's more important for us to drive forward on the green list initiative or you know, and figure out what's really going to work in that or whether it's more important to go back and, and do navel gazing about the projects that have already been improved or approved in the past. I really think, quite frankly, it's more important to look forward. But, uh, you know, that in, in and of itself is worth discussion, right? We could get into a lot of arguments over the projects that are already 
on the white list that some people want to remove, and I'm not so sure that's that's a really good place to spend our energy. Uh, did did we as a network vote on the the legacy projects? Because my understanding was that they were just kind of automatically added. Right, they were just automatically added. Yeah, that's that's precisely what we're talking about. Right, and so no, that's what I'm saying. And so and so, I I'm not sure that. Uh, that asking the question whether or not they should, we should, uh, we should continue to have them on the the whitelist is um, well. I, I definitely agree that we can use our. There's definitely more important things we can be spending our time on, but I'm not sure it's worthless to be asking that question, right? Because uh, you know we never actually voted on them in the first place. Well, no one voted on Bitcoin to be the you know, the dominant uh, altcoin or the dominant uh, cryptocurrency in this in this whole space either, right? I mean, some things just happen because they're early. Uh, I, mean, I mean, that's true, but I'm, I'm not sure that's a, so, so why, so is your, is your, so I definitely agree with the argument that we can spend our time better on focusing on, on other things, because that, that's, that I totally agree with. But uh, yeah, let, me, let, me, let me pose it to you this way. My point to you is, and, and by the way, Colette's conjecture probably is the most marginal project in the whole whitelist, right? And I, I, I crunch for it too. And I'll, I'm not ashamed to say the reason that it's there is because I get, I also look at my point credits and I get the most point credits per, per cycles consumed with that project. And so, you know, I'm maximizing, you know, I'm not really maximizing magnitude. I'm, I'm sort of satisficing between my buoyant credit standing and, and you know, also crunching on projects that I think are important, right? So, so every other project that I do besides that one is important. But the, the, the problem I have with us spending a lot of energy, I, I just have seen the kind of arguments this community has gotten in, into, even when this type of discussions come up about removing versus, I mean, think about the, 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 the absolute fits that we went through when we were when we were dealing with Moo Wrapper and some of the other crazy things. I, I just don't know if that's really great for us to get into that. We'll spend all of our energy arguing about that. And I'm not so sure that at the end of the day it moves the needle that much to actually take those projects off the whitelist. It moves the needle more for us to be looking forward on what we're going to do with this with this coin besides generate coins to hand out to people, right? <laughs> So, Chuck, can I? So, uh, well, um, give me, give me what, just a quick counterpoint, which is that um, I definitely agree that it's not, it's definitely not a top priority, but I think that pretty much almost every legacy project, except for maybe Kalats, would there wouldn't really be much debate about it. And what happened with Moo Wrapper, you're totally right, it was an absolute mess, but it was a mess for like a very short period of time, and then we moved on, and no one ever looked back at it again. So the way I look at the the way I see this probably playing out is if we put up every legacy project up for a repull, uh, you know the vast majority of them will there'll be no discussion about it. Well, just everybody thinks it's a good idea and they'll and they'll vote for it. There'll probably be a discussion about Kalats, and then that discussion will be over and we can move on. Um, I I just think that every another kind of fundamental reason I think we should vote on it is because we voted on every other new project and I, I don't see why. The older project, why we can't hold the older projects to the same standard. All right, I'm going to add to that. The um, Moo Wrapper was a specific time 
um, with specific conflict going on within the community that is gone. Um, but the so I doubt it'll ever get that contentious. But chocolate's right; that just happened, and then it was gone in the past, and, and people moved on. So the benefits to voting, besides what chocolate's stating, which is absolutely true, like everything should be held to the same standard. Uh, there's no first mover argument for a whitelisted project because we can. It's not like a blockchain. But the the benefit is we w like Jim, you wouldn't be leading the initiative to pull these things. You wouldn't even need to put any energy in. I hopefully wouldn't need to put any energy in. The energy would come from people who want to get involved through this way, through this means that's very simple to get involved in, which is organize a poll, learn how the polling parameters work, sort of get deeper into the community by whitelisting things that, as Chocolate's stating and is probably correct, will very likely just pass smoothly uh, and engage discussion and direct engagement in the community. Um, while at the same time, uh, the core devs and sort of community leaders can move forward with other stuff while occasionally poking in and uh, sharing their opinion. So it's I don't think it's one or the other. I think it is both can happen at the same time. We can both move forward with Greenlist and other developments while having people like the whitelisting committee, the people who put together the SIDOC poll, uh, focus on... Um, really bringing the whitelist up to standards well if you recall I, i'm the one that suggested the formation of the whitelist committee and that those types of tasks are exactly what i envisioned for that committee to do i mean we they're, they're those of us that really number one don't have the time to do all that and number two we shouldn't be the ones doing it we you know it needs to be more distributed than a few people make you know doing all these different things because the community at the end of the day needs to participate right so let's give them something to do I, I agree, and, and and let's get moving on it because I think I think if we're going to do it, we need to get we we need to get cracking. Uh, this the, the repolling the projects could actually bring it could in substantially increase user engagement. It will. It almost certainly will. Uh, it will also bring in people from different science communities. When we start repolling something like World Community Grid, like that will pass. Um, we're going to engage a lot of people, but I don't think we should start at WCG. We should maybe start with a smaller project um, that will likely pass, and then you know get our uh, get experience on how to run this discussion. Get see if any community leaders pop up who are able to handle any um, people of conflict, let's say, uh, in a responsible and mature way. And if they do, maybe put them in positions of elevated voice so they can run the more serious discussions, which would be with World Community Grid and Rosetta at home. Uh, these projects that have huge followings. Um, and all of this is to, yes, verify that the credits are all legit and that it's science we want to be doing, but also grow the community, engage the community, get people going. So if we want to get it going, and uh, Foxy, I think you're the one who brought it up. I think you're gonna need to get yourself a bottle of wine and take point. <laughs> she says no, no wine or no taking point. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I think uh, I can poke around the whitelist community and uh, whitelisting committee and get it going. So uh, I just want to make it clear that it's not something that um, if there ever is a heated discussion, I don't think it's something that Jim or Sai or myself or, or anyone working on other stuff should get involved in unless it gets to a very extreme level. I think we should let it bubble a little bit and let other people step up 
and see if they want to take care of it. Right. So we can focus on our other stuff uh, and not have to step in when, you know, a troll comes in. Uh, let someone else step in and see if someone else steps in. And if no one else steps in, take control. Well, that's I think that's right. And that's pretty much been the way I've been acting in regards to the whitelisting committee's deliberations. I've been acting almost as an ex officio type of a, a member in there. I, I think it's important to get uh, the community's viewpoint and uh, have free discourse in the white listening committee and, and people that have opinions so that we can, you know, get the broadest range of, of views and then achieve hopefully a consensus of action that, that, you know, makes sense to the community, which then makes the polling a lot easier. Right. So a lot of the work gets done beforehand. So. Yeah. So I'll, yes. I'll, go ahead. Chocolate. I just wanted to mention, cause you also brought up, um, what was going on with Moo Rapper at the time, that that, that was a, a different time period. And, and I think those of us who were around at the time, we all basically agreed that there were, you know, uh, you know, actors in the community who were not, you know, uh, radiating positivity. Um, <laughs> let's put it that way. Uh, and I... I yeah, I that, that, that's that's a euphemistic way to put it. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I don't think we have that problem. And I, I, I can't imagine, uh, you know, from what I've seen of this community, I can't imagine it ever getting to like that level over like Kalat's conjecture. No, and, and the beautiful thing is, all uh, just about all those people have exited the scene, right? They, they, you know, we we they finally got the message that that kind of nonsense just is not going to be tolerated by this community. We're we're better than that. Yeehaw. All right. So, yeah, I'll push around the push around. It's a little harsh, but uh, I'll poke the whitelist committee and see if anyone wants to put together a poll for, I don't know, I'll just choose a simple project at the beginning um, and move forward with that. So, Foxy, great comment. I guess we're going to do it. I wish you guys just saw me catch that blind because that was some insane reaction time. Um, are there any other thoughts today about whitelisting or otherwise? Fox, well, why I do just... you feel sad for not discovering Gridcoin early? Sorry, Jim. Go ahead. Just because you would have done so much good science? Would... Oh, yeah. Well, don't feel too bad. It was a mess. It was a mess. You're here at the right time. Oh, yeah. There was no... I, yeah, there was nothing. The, the, basically, we would be nowhere without Jim and Sai Sai and... Uh, like, you came along after they have done the majority of like the foundational work i'm in terms of like fixing the coin and also after a bunch of other people who were not particularly positive already left um so don't feel bad you're you're here at a good time in fact honestly i mean we had we had a lot of people here back in like 2017 who aren't around anymore i, I think obviously partially that has to do with uh you know the crypto boom and so on and people were just in it for the money but you know i think that i think we did lose some people uh, just out of, like, attrition. Sure. Jim, what were you going to say before I cut you off? Uh, see, now a moment. I forgot now. <laughs> Jim, you know, asked if uh, anybody wanted to say anything about the whitelisting pro anything else about whitelisting projects. Oh, oh, yeah. I was going to say, I thought the, I thought the, uh, the, the PSYDOC whitelisting process went fantastic once we finally followed the procedure. It went like clockwork. And I, I was very happy with the people involved that did all that. Uh, and uh, I think it went extremely smoothly, and it's a model for the way it should go, right? Yep, I thought it was it was great. It was almost like you didn't even notice, but it was also one of the like you you could have not 
just voted and not paid attention, maybe read a thread or two. There's no name calling or <laughs> stupid shit going on. Um, but it was also one of the highest AVW polls we've ever had, I think, which is great. Um, all right. Anything else? I'm going to step into another room. So ping me if you say something in chat you want me to bring into the recording. Should we I got one more thing. I, I got one more thing. Um, on, the, on the new UI, this is, you know, Ingrid basically is the new UI plus a number. This is a pretty big release that's coming out for leisure. It's got a number of, uh, it's got the UI fixes. It's got a number of nifty features in it. Uh, we're on release candidate three and most likely uh, pretty soon after the 4th of July holiday, we're going to have a release. So uh, that's pretty exciting. That is very so, exciting. Wow. Yeah, we're in, we're in the final home stretch of this one. I thought you guys uh, were going to take a vacation after Fern. Well, we, I don't know. It, you know, this I'm giving been, you a hard time for it. Yeah, I know. It's been kind of. It's, this is a little bit lower voltage kind of work. I mean, yeah. this is not consensus code per se, so it's not as hard. Gotcha. But it's still important. And you know, uh, Sci got tired of seeing the old GUI, and so he did a lot of work, basically doing sort of an interim version, which, quite frankly, looks good enough that this this will hold us over, even if no one takes up the. Uh, the the uh, the bounty right I mean it looks great so five hundred thousand uh, GRC what the fuck I know I'm still it. disappointed no one really did on that I mean we've had a couple people that claimed that they were working that did a little work on it but I don't think they ever really had the you know to push it through but this this is good and I, I think uh, you, you know it fixes a lot of the appearance problems and it looks very professional and and, and I think it's going to make a difference as more people more people get involved awesome and, uh, looking forward to it. Uh, do you still have uh, folks for testnet or at this point you're good? No, I think, I think we're pretty good. We, uh, we don't need a broad range of testers on this one cause we really didn't change any consensus code. We, so we just, what we need is actually some more Mac testers, uh, that can test the Mac stuff. Cause I don't have Mac hardware. Uh, SciSci does, I think his wife does. He has to borrow his wife's computer. Otherwise we're building it on the continuous integration and it's, it's hard to tell whether everything's working correctly. All right. Well, guys, uh, reach out to Jim on Discord if you have a Mac you want to maybe look over uh, a release candidate or join Slack and join the Testnet channel where you will get pointed in the right direction. Um, so I uh, nobody asked the question earlier, should we be pulled all projects periodically? I think Jay Ringo has suggested that, and I my impression is that Jim is uh, at least somewhat opposed. I think we should re-poll the legacy projects once, and we shouldn't do it periodically. Uh, and we should only re-poll projects that have already been approved. If you know, if there's a discussion about it, some something has changed. I should point out anybody can start a poll if they have enough GRC. But I'm talking about like what a com community policy-wise. I think we should just one time re-poll the legacy projects and then leave it at that. I agree because you can always, if something happens to a project, it can, it either can be administratively de-whitelisted because it no longer meets the requirements, or a poll can be created to to force de-whitelisting if something happens. Right. So I think I think the problem with periodic polling is it results in poll fatigue for people, and I I, I don't think it's necessary. But I I, I after hearing this discussion, I, I I agree. You know, we should go back and and re-whitelist all the legacy projects just once. And then, you know, whatever the decision is, is the decision, right? Yeah, I'm going to bring this into a, a long-term view here. 
because uh, I, I agree, short term, like five years, at least, we should not repoll. But I think the uh, theoretical benefit of having a repoll every year or two is actually pretty high in that it encourages continued discussion of science. And that's one of the reasons we're here, science communication. Uh, and it, it continuously gauges the network's interest in specific fields of science as the community and the network grows. Um, so like maybe we grow 10 times over the next five years, our perspective on what is good and valuable science might change. Or maybe, um, you know, <laughs> stupid example, but maybe all the prime numbers are found. Uh, well, maybe we should repull that one and just have it. That would be a that unique example. You're right, Chocolate. Don't even. We've known that for like 2,000 years. I just yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, look, I think, I think what's going to happen with that is we're going to work. Eventually, at some point, we're going to want to change the actual magnitude calculation process and the way we actually allocate uh, GRC to projects, right? We're not always going to. I do not believe that we're going to stay with this equal apportionment scheme forever once we can come up with more with a more sophisticated way to do it it's just got to be fair and it's you know it's we've got to make sure we cover the corner cases and i think that's sort of a meta issue that's actually going to be something that we're going to concentrate on it's going to have impact on the the projects that are part of the whitelist as part of that whole thing i i see that kind of pass down the road and, and I, think I think it's going to happen within the next within the next year or two at maximum. I think based on where we're headed. So yeah, and so, so in short, I think this is a question. I think it's a great question, and I think it has a lot of um, discussion behind it. But it's something we will revisit in the future, with probably coupled with other developments like Jim's talking about, with like magnitude or how the voting actually works and all that stuff. And this also ties into um, Jeff Goldblum's other question. Uh, how well does Gridcoin scale if it became adopted as a major currency and lots of people joined? How would things scale and why scale adoption occurred? So two, there's two parts of this. There's the transactions across the chain and there's the ability to distribute a GRC based on computation cycles provided to Boink. Transactions across the chain, we have a 90 second block time. Um, essentially the, the blockchain would get bloated fairly quickly, but we would be able to go fairly far with it before problems started coming up and hopefully by the time that happens there will be technical developments in the space that make it like there, there's a solution to the scaling issue right whether they're second layer or third layer or just different consensus algorithms um hopefully there will be solutions there that's not something we are trying to focus on right we're trying to focus on part two which is what jim and Sai did and jim can definitely speak better to this uh but that's how do you um scale the ability to distribute gridcoin to tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people uh based on their computations to boink projects versus their their ability to mine a block so with fern if i understand correctly jim uh the the fern update successfully scaled gridcoin to and the scrapers um updates made it so gridcoin could scale to a pretty good number of users before we would start hitting issues uh, yeah i i think we could we could it's hard to predict when once you get beyond say uh, fifty thousand, but I mean I think we could we could easily get to fifty thousand CPIDs without any trouble. You know that's pro that's more than uh, I'm, I'm excluded. I'm talking about so that I would say a factor of ten scalability is absolutely no problem, and we could probably push it even beyond that, maybe to twenty or thirty times. So I mean we you know our scaling limits are have been really pushed way upwards uh, based on 
on the work we've done. But, you know, we have to be careful. That also places constraints on what we can do in terms of these algorithms, right? We have to remember that the more, if we try and inject more complicated algorithms that require more data, it actually negatively impacts scalability. So that's why, you know, when people discuss different types of algorithms to use to do reward computations, I'm always very cautious and very careful to remind people you've got to think about the scalability factor too. But we are, we're much better off, as, as you just said, Jay Ringo, in the, in the second department. In the first department, we're actually much better than Bitcoin because we just have, to, we just have a tighter block spacing, right? We, 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 don't, we don't take 10 minutes per block. And so based on our tighter, you know, our, our much lower block spacing, we, we have about seven times the transaction capacity of, of a Bitcoin. But even then, that's a relatively low amount. And uh, we would probably, to support uh, high volume transactions, we would ha probably have to put a second layer uh, protocol similar to Lightning or something like that on top of the network. But we're, we're nowhere near having to worry about that right now. That's, that's the kind of stuff we'll have to worry about down the road. Yeah, if we have to worry about that, that's a very good thing. <laughs> right? That means something went right. Right. <laughs> Uh, Jim, what's the what's the bottleneck on uh, more users? The bottleneck right now is is super block size. So it, it's how many the, the scraper's ability to calculate it actually is the the limits and there's no real limit on that. It's just how much t calculation time they have to do to achieve convergence. The, that those limits are far higher than the actual uh, super block size. Right. And how many CPU IDs you can jam in that super block before it reaches the block limit. And by the way, we could we could get around that. We could declare a special block size for super blocks and make the allow the super blocks to get bigger. But, you know, it just it, it just gets more and more strung out the, the bigger you make that thing. Right. So you, you got to think through it. Yeah, I think before we get into any scalability issues that we actually have to fix, uh, we're going to need to get into uh, critical mass with the community where we have a lot of people telling all their friends about Gridcoin uh, because we marketing is more important for getting to the point where scalability is an issue. Oh my God, it's a man who pops Hello. goblins. Yeah, I already tell all my friends about it. They just tell me to stop talking about it. It's so bad. And you lost all your friends? No, I didn't say I lost all my friends. They're just like, <laughs> they're like are you going to go on a, are you, are you going to go on a Gridcoin rant again? I'm like, no, yes. maybe. <laughs> Uh, to Jeff's other question, are we seeing anyone using Windows 11 at all in Gridcoin? That's a good question. Jim, do you know if anyone's playing around with Windows 11? I haven't tried it yet. Hell, I, I don't even know if I can run it yet. I mean, the, the ridiculous requirements of it. Has everyone heard this? You've got to have, like, that, that Microsoft has not put out clear guidance on whether anything earlier than an eighth generation core uh, uh, can actually run it. And you also have to have a, a TPM version 2.0 or better. I, I think I think although you, most newer processors have a built-in TPM, the, the, Microsoft is hosing themselves over on this. I think this is ridiculous. There's no reason for them to have these requirements in place. Save save the rent for. <laughs> I agree. I can't wait I to mean, see what what it does. But hold on, seriously, don't get into a Windows 11 because we got to start wrapping okay. up. And Rajan has a good comment here. <laughs> You said I tried. I tried talking to a local university. They were hesitant to edit the curriculum, but the teacher was interested. Uh, if you were trying, to, did you talk to them about Gridcoin or Boink? Because uh, universities are definitely interested in Boink. Don't even bring up Gridcoin the first time you talk to them, because it's still crypto. Crypto still has a stigma, less so than it did in 2014, and less so than it did in 2017. But 
Boink in particular is very well known. Uh, Boink helped with the COVID vaccines. You just point them at uh, Rosetta at home. So it's awesome that you're getting out there though. So keep keep going. Bring your professor onto a show too. We'll talk to him. We'll convince him. Yeah, see, he hadn't heard of Boink. Uh, that's so weird. It's such a valuable tool and people just don't know about it. A lot of people have like their own hobby projects, you know? Yeah, but it's like it should be in institutions. It's so powerful and cheap. I mean, let's not also yeah, get but into like, this rant. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> just saying, but it's like you always have to remember, like some sci-fi, uh, sci- uh, science fiction, some computer science departments, <laughs> some computer science departments are like four teachers, right? Like they they talk big and like there's a whole IT uh, team to support it at the company. Uh, gosh, at the at the college, I am not in podcast mode right now. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> at the at the college but like some some computer science departments can only be like uh could could be like three four professors and that's about it right so it's it's hard to justify you know the time and, and where they're putting it right so yeah all right you've specialized in football and procreation that's those are important fields all right <laughs> my uh my college uh specialized in drinking it was actually nationally ranked in drinking i'm not even joking that was a thing so on that note, we're going to wrap up here. Does anyone have any final thoughts? Uh, on I miss, I miss all of you, and I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. but I got a giant thunderstorm coming, so I'm going to get off before I probably lose power here today. So, yep. right, And that means I'm going to have a next, thunderstorm in an hour. Shut up, Gabby. <laughs> we're doing our next one Tuesday at 8. Uh, so hopefully Asian people will be able to join, and we can talk about the green paper. This this coming Tuesday, this, yeah? This coming Tuesday, July 6th. I feel like I have something that day, but... I don't know. We'll figure it out. Tuesday, July 6th at 8 p.m. All right. See you, everybody. All right. Bye, Jim. Bye, Jim. See you, Jim. Bye. All right. I'm going to go install more blinds before Boink. I'm still here, but I'm not at my computer. Jim, are you still here? Oh, did I not close up? Because I I have some uh, very interesting...